We keep them down here. There are some simple rules which we insist you follow. Do not touch the glass. Do not approach the glass. You pass them nothing but soft paper. No pencils or pens. They have their own felt tip pens. No staples or paper clips in their paper. Use the sliding food carrier, no exceptions. If they attempt to pass you anything, do not accept it. Do you understand me? Yes. Above all else, never forget what they are. And what are they? Friendables! Two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter. Well, uh, welcome again. Yes, the Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane has seen better days, but we're still yeah. here, apparently. Like, the yeah. funding went away, they did not... They kind of forgot about us? Yeah. But yeah. we still can produce a podcast, yeah. which tells you about how much resources you need to produce a podcast. Right, really? Um, we're getting intermittent electricity, which is kind of amazing. I'm not sure who's footing that bill. The state, I assume. But my Squarespace subscription is A-OK. And so not we'll... Not sponsored by Squarespace. Not at all. But if you wanted to sponsor a Squarespace, we would be interested. Yeah. We're talking about the 1999 novel Hannibal by mm -hmm. Thomas Harris. The much anticipated at that time follow-up to Silence of the Lambs because mm -hmm. the movie was such a huge hit. I think even at the time Silence of the Lambs was coming out, Harris was thinking about a, a follow-up, a sequel, what happens, you know, when Hannibal's yeah. on the run. I think this is a great example of an author writing a book under duress. <laughs> I don't... I, I think he had some ideas... I don't think he had an ending, and yeah. I think he had to write the book, so he came up with right. an ending. This really smacks of at least writing yourself into a corner and then realizing your deadline is quickly looming and you're just like, I can make it, it is an ending, I can make it work. There is some evidence to be had having this being like my third or fourth read through of this now. Mm -hmm. There's evidence to be had that it was leading up to this at the beginning, but it's not concrete. It's like, Perhaps he added it in on the third or fourth editing pass of, oh, the beginning really isn't clear. I'll add in this one throwaway line that completely lifts out of the text if you just ignore it about this possibility of the end, um, which makes me kind of wonder. Yeah, I think yeah. There, there are clues in Silence of the Lambs, the novel, that that version of Clarice is... I think there's even the passage where she has some very strange thought and then she, and the text says she wondered then if she was depraved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, like, I think we I talked about like, that. I feel in, like yeah. the Hannibal ending mm -hmm. was not necessarily always there, but it was a possibility. There, there, there's multiple alternate universes and that was, a, uh, that was one of them. I meant more like in this book, in Hannibal, there's a couple of lines that suggest the ending in the right. beginning yeah. But honestly, they're one sentence and they lift right out. So it makes me wonder where they added yeah. in, in like a second or third editing pass once he had the ending. Because I think he wrote this, starting this, not knowing how it was going to go. And then mm -hmm. once he had the ending, he was like, oh, okay. There, All right. There's that. I think also there's a pretty hysterical metaphor going on here that... Uh, the owner of the Hannibal Lecter rights was Dina Del, De Laurentiis. Oh, I may yeah. be saying the name wrong. Famed Italian movie producer. And in this novel, Harris has Mason Verger hire Italian snuff makers to make his own <laughs> personal Hannibal movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if he's... on the nose. <laughs> I don't know if he's consciously thinking about this, but... Yeah, it could have been... I mean, Hannibal easily could have gone to, like, France... 
Greece. Or, I mean, he seems like a posh London dude. Yeah. You know, but not kind of picked Italy. <laughs> it makes me wonder what he, like, like other ways this book could have ended. Like, because I really do kind of view this, like, this is, this is one for sure possibility. It's kind mm-hmm. of the string theory. Hey, Hannibal is, like, super into astrophysics. I mean, there was, uh, like, a couple paragraphs about Stephen Hawking there at the end. So th- this is one possible outcome for for this story it kind of makes me wonder what the other outcomes could have been and it makes me wonder if one of the stronger outcomes was something that maybe thomas harris couldn't stomach because i Mm. think one of the real possibility outcomes is that he made hannibal too strong and clarice wasn't going to beat him or like because and then i think in his mind because harris has some very strong favorable but strong opinions about women yeah and so i think he didn't want to tell the story where female fbi agent gets kicked out and then dies at the hands of the monster she was trying to catch like i think he was just like uh, like that that may have even been a first draft ending that he was like i don't want to do this and like kind of backed off on it and did something else um i almost wonder if the the rough draft ending was Lecter gets away and it sets up Clarice continuing to be on the hunt for Lecter. Yeah. A- and the notion of having to continue to write this story is something that Harris couldn't stomach. Right. There's also that. He, Very uh, Conan Doyle-esque of the whole, like, I don't want to yeah, keep doing this. Right. And, and it wasn't necessarily that he wanted to conclude the story, mm-hmm. but he wanted to find an ending that was, dare I say, objectionable enough that people wouldn't pester him for a follow-up. Right. Yeah. There's there's that. It, yeah. It, it, you mentioned Conan Doyle killing off Sherlock Holmes. I think it's almost... Steven Spielberg finally making Indiana Jones 4. Like, when is Indiana Jones 4 coming out? When is Indiana Jones 4 coming out? When is Indiana Jones 4 coming out? Here! Well, I didn't want it like that. We won't be asking about Indiana Jones 5. Thank you, sir. Here's the thing. Conan Doyle paved the way and taught people how to kill their series. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because he did it wrong and everyone went back and and so everyone, don't do what Arthur did. (laughs) Right. Because if you really want to end it, you gotta end it. Um, it also really makes me want... I, I don't know if this is just a me thing or if this was here. It might be more of a me thing. I wonder if there is a possibility of Clarice killing Hannibal and then taking up his mantle. Uh, and I wonder yeah. if like Harris was like, they're going to ask for that book too. I better not do that. You know? Yeah. Like, like, that, like, like he kind of saw it happen. Because like... They had the whole angel of death thing happening. She's very good with the gun. She's starting to get a little like, I just need to get it done. I don't care about these people anymore. I just need to get, you know, like, like she started to get very like uh, rough in a way. Um, And she's like, she no longer wants to play the good old boy game. She wants to go out and hunt. And like, it makes me wonder if that was a possibility. And he was like, I just, I don't want to do that. I, I can see Jodie Foster in that movie now, and I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> Nobody talked about it with Jodie Foster, because Jodie Foster took one look at that book and was like, no, thank you. I'm not doing this. Thank you. I'll direct a movie where Mel Gibson talks to a beaver before I do this. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> oh, Jody. From the business side, knowing what... Thomas Harris was, like, under. I don't mind the ending. 
I don't mind but, the but ending it's, either. It's, 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 it is unsatisfactory, but I think that's kind of a point. Yeah. Because uh, I think he was done and he was like, I don't want to write anymore. I think as a sequel to Silence of the Lambs, the book, it's fine. Mm-hmm. As a sequel to Silence of the Lambs, the movie, it doesn't work 100% yeah. because it feels too out of left field coming out of the movie. And then you're in the summer of 1999 when this book comes out. People are picking up this book. Most of them have not read Silence of the Lambs, the book. Oh, they just seen the movie. They just want to see some kind of continuation of this. Yeah. And they get to the end and they're like, the fuck is this shit? Yeah. There are some other flaws, I think, in the book. I, mm-hmm. You know, you, you give Har- I want to give Harris a lot of credit for having a good sense of details. Yeah. Harris- and I don't think he gets it here. Harris has always had a issue with it's like he wants to show off how much he's memorized or but, like did, done research of without and, like and that is detailing. a mood but he gets so many details hilariously wrong. Oh yeah. The, the one I think that we could both gravitate toward immediately where we just saw that and was how the fuck is that happening? Page 501 at least it was in the the ebook it may be in I don't know if it's in your paperback the same way. But it refers to the Italian snuff filmmakers as playing Super Mario Brothers on a PC. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hold the fuck on, Boomer. How the fuck are these Italians playing? Yeah, like... No, not on this PC. Right. Um, I mean, maybe they have an emulator, but I need a lot more starting to come out, but there would have been a high-end computer connected to the internet, not this... Right. BS. Yeah, yeah, no, he got that detail way off. There's a lot of talk about... Now, Load Runner. Okay, sure. Like, I sure. any other computer game, an actual computer right. game. Tetris. Yeah. Tetris. Playing Tetris. Bet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Not super... Wrong. I mean, I like the image of, like, oh, they're using it to play games. No, solid, solid image. Right, Just but like, wrong detail. Wrong detail, yeah. And, and oh. with Harris, I'm like, bro, detail boy. Right. Get the details right. Yeah. Uh, another one, uh, there are several references to social security numbers in the book, and they're all wrong, and I don't want to talk about why I know that. <laughs> yeah. But I know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, because, like, the things... He, he speaks with such confidence on mm-hmm. some... Like, the procedures of um, the, the tech forensic-y stuff. Yeah. You're like, I'm pretty sure this is probably actually just because of what I know from Harris's background. But then I wonder. But then he gets so many other details wrong that I'm like, when is he phoning it in and when does he actually know his shit? And it's so hard to tell. Yeah. Another one that that kind of blew my mind was, uh, uh, this is page 23, it talked about there was a headline on the National Tattler. The quote is, screamed the National Tattler's headline in 72-point railroad gothic. Yeah. And I was like, that is a detail that a newspaper person knows because Thomas Harris is a news, news, newspaper person. Right. We're in Clarice Starling's POV. I don't believe that she gives one little shit about Railroad Gothic and the point of the font. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah. I do a little bit of publishing and even I was like, who the fuck cares? Right. Yeah. Like, this might have been a Hannibal detail. Possibly, just because he's such a Renaissance interest person that he would, that would be somewhere in his memory palace. Yeah, like, Hannibal seems like the kind of person who would spend an afternoon researching the best font for newspapers, and that way he can be like, like... He, he, he's snobbish, yeah. you know? Like, he would be like, oh, you used one of those, like, blasphemous modern-day millennial fonts. How dare you? Um, right. But, but yeah, Clarice would just be like, it big, and I don't like it. 
a big font. Like, yeah. I don't even buy Will Graham noticing that particular font at oh, that particular know. point. And I'm like, no, well, that's a newspaper Will guy. and Clarice are eerily similar. Right. And they would both look at the newspaper and go like, huh, it big. It big. Uh, oh, look, a dog. If Freddie Lowndes was still around, him I buy yeah. zeroing in on that. Oh, Freddie would be all over that going like, 72, it runs off the page. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he would be into it, but... Um, Clarice would just be like in huge letters in blocky script. Like she would do sense harsh details, but without the professionalism know-how. Right. Um. Yeah. The and. the other thing, it's a weird, it's a weird thing in the horror genre in total. It's hyperbolizing the careers of the serial killer of the moment. And a big example of that, it's a bad movie, Halloween Resurrection. Mm. They talk about how Michael Myers is the most prolific serial killer of all time. And I'm like, let's go into the body count. He's killed yeah. maybe a dozen people over f- over 25 years. Like, how are we measuring? Because I'm pretty sure there's like right. In- leaders of nations that killed thousands of people. That's genocide. That- when is it serial murder versus a genocide versus that- negligent sure. homicide? That's it. But then we're talking about a, a serial killer in Illinois. Yeah. Michael Myers doesn't even win the state championship when uh, Gacy enters the room. Yeah. But there's a reference in here, uh, I think it's a scene with Crawford around page 55, it, it talks about how Lecter is the the monster that vexed him most. And I'm like, does BTK not exist in this universe? Because, uh, bitch, you haven't caught him yet. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, this is fanfic brain, I will mm-hmm, say. Like, sure. this is the, oh no, here's a hole, let me get some spackle to put on it. Yeah. He said this is the monster that vexed him most. Maybe he wasn't assigned to that case. Or maybe, like... As head of, as head of I know, behavior like, sciences, I like, don't buy that. You have to really jump some, like, gymnastic hoops to get there, but, like, vexed him the most of those he, like, cases that were closed... Like, because, like, Hannibal Lecter had been caught for a while. True. You know? So, like, maybe now the reopening of this case. There's there's editing required and possibly an entire fanfic that needs to be attached to this part yeah. in order to for it to make sense. Or if he wanted to get into the details, he could have said, you know, that vexed him most aside from BTK, who he right. didn't think he'd ever catch. Right. Yeah. There you, know, you go. Yeah, something like that. We have uh, reached the commercial break time. I think I'll stop there. And I might pick up... After the commercial break, with some details that I was delighted by okay. that that Harris got right, and so we'll go back to not back to anything. We'll go <laughs> to the commercial break, and you'll hear the cell door close. Thusly, it's time for Harris's recipe corner. Human Woo! meat not recommended. Wink. Nudge. Well, yeah, this one doesn't necessarily call for a particular type of meat. It's sausage. However you want to make your sausage. I don't, I don't care how you want to make your sausage. Um, yeah, Mason gonna... Berger would have some opinions. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I very typically use pork sausage if, you know, it's just like it's on sale, you know, because um, sometimes it can be kind of cheap. So, um, but then there's there's even cheaper, which is, you know, just like neighbors. So, um, anyway, this is a biscuit and sausage gravy. Nice. Um, I It's another Southern tradition. This is the one that I break out if I feel like my dad is mad at me. <laughs> uh, to comfort yourself away from his anger or to soothe his anger? To soothe his anger. Gotcha. To be like, yeah, I am the good daughter, remember? Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what my body count is. Daddy issues are the reason to do lots of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
let's, my therapist has most of its mommy issues, but mm. daddy fits in there later, you know, too. Clarice that has, doesn't have any father issues. I don't, yeah, I don't know. The girl's unrelatable. Unrelatable. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to make your biscuits from scratch, go ahead and start working it now. But I frequently use canned biscuits for this. It's faster. And, like, this is this is a morning food for me. Like, now this is a nice morning Again, food. Again, the, like the a, Pillsbury a twist them out yep, kind. Yep. Yeah. Um, so sometimes they're, like you don't have enough coffee in your system yet to like make scratch biscuits. That's a dinner time thing. This is breakfast. So go ahead and use the canned biscuits if you need to. I'm not going to judge. So if you're going to use canned biscuits, start preheating up your oven now as you're making your gravy because the gravy actually goes relatively quick. You, you don't need to start this before your biscuits. Get your large skillet and heat it up. Get it heated up hot first before you add in your sausage. You're gonna brown a pound of sausage. Go ahead and salt and pepper that and add in chili powder. I add in a good tablespoon. Like, I mean, I add in chili powder. If you want it to be a spicy gravy, like I call it a dragon gravy, um, I do paprika and red pepper flakes as well. But you can, you can knock that down a bit. And in fact, if you're like, having to serve it to your mom who thinks mayonnaise is spicy, then you can skip the chili powder in total and just do a little bit of, pe of black pepper. Once the meat is brown, add in about a tablespoon or two of flour into the pan and coat the sausage with it. Um, you'll know that it's coated well because the sausage gets kind of like soft to it because like the flour soaks up all the fat and adheres to the meat. So like not only does the meat change color, but it also changes texture. When that happens, this is when you're going to add in your milk. And the, your pan should be on about medium heat now, not medium high, but like honestly just like straight in the middle. You are wanting to add several cups of whole milk or heavy cream or half and half. The, whatever kind of fatty milk that you have, it does have to have fat in it. The 2% is like not enough and definitely not skim milk. Like, sorry, go take a walk later. Like, it's, it's fine. This is a Sunday morning Southern breakfast, okay? I will frequently do about 32 ounces, which is like a whole quart. Um, add as much milk as you want there to be gravy in total. Like, that, that, this is how you're gonna measure how much of your gravy you have. Um, and then just start adding about a quarter cup of flour at a time, whisking thoroughly in, in each time. Once you're about at a cup, go ahead and stop for a second. Let the heat kind of sit on it. See if it starts to get thick. Because this gravy going to get thick. <laughs> and then it takes about seven to eight minutes for it to thicken up. And just, just stir to make sure your milk isn't scouring. You don't even have to sit there and stir it the whole time. Just kind of like, every, you know, infrequently, you know, every, every minute or so. I'm just doing a quick whisk and just make sure that it's not going to burn. Um, crack some pepper on top and serve it on top of those biscuits because they're coming out of the oven right about the same time it's getting thick. <laughs> if it's too thick, if it's thick like concrete, you can add more milk to kind of thin it out. But it goes from a thin liquid to, oh no, <laughs> uh, very quickly. <laughs> and that's that's biscuits and gravy. Yeah, Excellent. And that was Eris's Recipe Corner. Put it in your mouth. We thank you, the listener, for listening to this, which is a podcast about Hannibal Lecter. Mm -hmm. uh, we are, there are other fine podcasts on PartyApocalypse.com, including The Holodeck is Broken, which features both Eris and myself, uh, normal producer Z, and guest producer Laura. Hi, guest producer Laura. Hi! And those air on every other Friday. We also have Beyond the Cabin in the Woods with myself and friend of the show, Donna 
Kenzie and Debbie. I almost forgot their names there for a second. They air on Fridays that The Holodeck is Broken is off. They may be joining us sometime very soon here on Friendables to talk about a horror movie. I don't know if we're going to watch one soon or not. Uh, other things, books, blogs, movie reviews, The Fourth Wall in its entirety, and uh, As the Myth Turns in its entirety and, uh, with Z and Eris. Do you have anything to plug, Eris? Not right now. Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I think that's about all that we've got on our commercial break. Every commercial break on podcasts I do is a little bit different, so I'm never 100% sure if I've done everything I'm supposed to do or right. not. And with that... We'll go back to our episode. Okay, a couple details that I really like, and I think we'll punctuate the one with the one that we talked about that we yeah. really both really liked. Um, there is a lot of weird references to the Reverend Sun Young Moon. Uh, yeah. And I had to look that up. What was it? He le- was legitimately the landlord for FBI headquarters for a number of years. And. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't uh, remember, he was a, a Korean religious leader, uh, maybe a little culty on yeah. the edges. I didn't do much research into it, but I was like, this seems like a cult. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I definitely a non-traditional religious organization. Yeah. We'll go with that. But I mean, I I was alive now by the the ninety nine, um, and and not only that, but becoming a like able to like I was just starting to get into that whole critical thinking skill mm-hmm. uh thing. Um, so you know, not I was young, but not like incredibly so. I think we yeah. both talked about the Mid Atlantic Regional Gun and Knife Show. That was the big one that I was yeah. going to. Uh, the other Chapter one I was fifty five. Yeah, the other one I was going to add before we get to that because I think we'll gush about that for a minute. There's a moment where Clarice has to talk to a union steward. Yeah, uh, for the FBI and the, a complete dullard, just like absolutely unequal to the task. And Don't I'm like, wear dangly earrings. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. A union steward m- completely missing the point is is something that resonates for me. And again, I don't want to talk about why I know that. <laughs> but yes, gun shows yeah. and, and Harris's complete lack of patience for them. That was a very excellent passage. Oh, just scathing. And yeah. I, I, lo- I mean, I have the whole thing, like, underlined. Not reflexively anti-gun, but... No, but the people who like gun shows. Reflexive, yeah. but not, not even reflexively, well-considered antipathy toward gun nuts yes yeah yeah. having been to several gun shows he's not wrong this is an accurate description of people who go to these things the idea of going to a gun show terrifies me like they're not fun if it was a choice between going to the planetoid from aliens or a gun show i'd have to think about it yes no i'm i'm with you yeah I was dragged along because my dad likes to go to gun shows, and his description of people who like it is my father. Like, bleak, colorless inner landscape of a life. Um, Sorry, Daddy, I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, Get a hobby. There's some passages that are very good. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, like, it gets a little rocky in the middle, but, like, I really enjoyed, or ended up enjoying, Margot and Barney's relationship. Mm -hmm. Even with that kind of, like, faux pas in the middle because yeah. I was like Barney boy what are you doing I'm like Margot you overreacted but you know they both like just a couple chapters later even just really just a couple pages later yeah she goes like I panicked I fucked up 
Yeah. And he was like, I did too. Can we be friends again? And they make it up. And I'm like, I like you two. You have a weird fucked up relationship because there's definitely this whole like, you're going to murder your brother and I know him and I don't want to do anything about it and I don't want to go to jail. You know, like. We're all okay if you murder him. Yeah. I'm okay. I was rooting for Mason to die. You, you've got to make the heavy pretty loathsome to make Hannibal Lecter even an anti-hero. And yeah. I think Harris landed landed it on the mark there. Oh, yeah. Mason is foul. Mm-hmm. I, like, it, I really... Because, like, <laughs> the thing I like about this book, I wanted Clarice to be sharper. I wanted her to be like, Nah, fuck these people. You, you know, like, I, I like she's like, I'm gonna r- rescue Hannibal Lecter. And then she's like, yep, that's a thing I just said out loud. All right, let's go. Yep. <laughs> you know? And like, make him my boyfriend. Woo! Like, I would rather she had consent, mm. but that's another matter. But yeah, like, I, I really liked, I, I, <sighs> Mason Verger was awful. Mm-hmm. He was the monster. Hannibal might have been the devil, but he was the monster. Yeah. That was just real good. That was just yeah. real good writing. Yeah. He yeah. was already half dead anyway. He was basically a walking skeleton. He wasn't even walking. He was just a skeleton. He had no... And God, but, even Cordell? Ugh. Yeah, looking that way is, is one thing, but it, it just the reflexive... Oh, willful evil of yes. the man. Yeah, yeah. He did the things that Hannibal Lecter found vulgar. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, which actually isn't not necessarily like hard to do. Like Hannibal Lecter has lines. He has a certain amount of honor in a way. He doesn't think of people as people. People are pigs for the right. most part. But he has a certain amount of etiquette and politeness yes. and rules that he follows. He has Mason, decorum. Yeah, yeah. And Mason Verger has he revels. In the destruction of polite society. Yeah. In a way. Like, he yeah. loves to break things. Lecter would kill you if you were rude or in his way. Yes. Yeah. He has no problem killing you. Oh, yeah. 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 No, he, he's not aligned with killing. Oh, he'll yeah. kill all day long. That's, yeah. It's, it's great. But, like, he has rules. And Mason's Verger only rule is he loves to break them. Yeah. He yeah. loves to break things. And, and inflict pain, because that's an yes. interesting moment. He's like. Yeah, and I don't think for everything Lecter does in all the books and all the movies, he's not a sadist. Like, right. there's even the, that scene in the in the 2002 Red Dragon movie, which wasn't in the book, but mm-hmm. from all indications, Ted Talley got that in discussions with Thomas Harris. He borderline mortally wounds Will Graham and says, I don't want you to feel any pain. I do have to kill you. You're in my way. Right. But I'm going right. to make this as painless as possible yeah. for you. Yeah, he, he inflicts pain on people, like, if it's a justice thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you deserve pain, then yes, I'll give it to you. Right. Um, Like, he, he does deliver pain. Mason needs people to hurt in order for him to feel alive. Yeah. And he prefers if they're children, which is truly disgusting for me. Yeah. Yeah, he likes to hurt children. And, and, and children who are, like, even within the context of children, children who are as defenseless as possible. Yes. Yeah, he wants no, he he wants nothing to fight back. Yeah, because he is a coward. Yeah, whereas Lecter oh, is Lecter's usually into a right. fair fight. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He Lecter's a little bit of a warrior. Yeah, he kind of likes 
he, I think that's why he respects Clarice. And I think that's a little bit why he respected Will Graham. In a way, like he kind of did and kind of didn't because Will Graham then became a coward. And he was just like, come on, buddy, you caught me. And you're just like drinking your life away. What the fuck? There, there are some ego clashing, certainly with the book context yeah. of that. But I think certainly in the series, when we get to that, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, the, the series is a whole different thing. But yeah, definitely with Clarice, it was like, here's somebody who's willing to like push mm-hmm. back on me, like isn't afraid of me mm-hmm. and is willing willing to do what she can to get her job done respectful yeah. i like that <laughs> yeah yeah some favorite lines i think we already talked about the the gun show thing mm-hmm. I, I think the conversation it's it's it, for my version it was page 79 but it was clarice talking to uh, chilton's old assistant and oh yeah uh, throwing the jism on us do you know what that is and she's like i've heard the term was yeah. it mr miggs by any chance he had a good arm i'm like that's pretty close to the best line in the book and then Lecter's line when uh, Clarice rescues Lecter mm-hmm. and and she's I'm gonna cut you loose with all due respect doctor if you fuck with me I'll shoot you dead here and now do you understand that perfectly do this right and you'll live through this spoken like a Protestant and I was like that's so good yeah that, that was like that was so good we could talk a lot about what this book gets wrong but that was, that was so good that, that was I wanted Clarice to laugh right. at that because that was such a good joke. And like, yeah. he, he, said, he said a joke. Hannibal Lecter made a funny. Yeah. Like, you should laugh at that. It was good. Um, there were several scenes with Barney. Yeah. That I fucking love. Like, with that first interview in um, where you realize Barney now works for Mason. Mm-hmm. And he, well, all due respect, you know, Dr. Dumbling, like, purposely mispronouncing his name. Right. You know, because, like, Dumbling isn't it. He's just like, Hannibal Lecter made you cry. So, like, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> I love his characterization. I love his dialogue. I love his character, like, arcs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good. Yeah. They're good. I'm happy that Barney doesn't get got in the end. Yeah. And you know that because he said that the Buenos Aires Ver- Vermeer is the only Vermeer he never saw. Right. Which means he saw the rest of them before he died. Well, I'm like, good. Good. Yep. <laughs> he, he did it. He knows he when to not, fi- if, not to overplay his hand. He's like, nope, you two are on about something and I need to... Uh... Tip your hat. Yep. Goodbye. I'm not... Don't start none, thing. won't be none. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best way to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just... Yeah. The thing I objected to most in the book was not uh, Clarice and Hannibal becoming lovers and running off together. Uh, it was the line as she's about to uh, go rescue Lecter and and says, um, it refers to people living, in her, in her monologue, people living in a time made safe for them by others may find this difficult to understand. And I'm like... That's big, dumb cop energy. Yeah. Like, do do better, Clarice. It, it felt yeah. like it was cribbed from a Tom Clancy book. It was so yeah. bad. I'm like, get that shit out of here. I know yeah. you don't. I know you don't want to write another one of these books, but you don't have to. You don't have to be fired. Like, right? You can just not write another one. <laughs> really uncomfortable with the drugging. The fact that he drugs her so much. Yeah. To get there. Like, it's so hard. Like, I would much rather have had an ending where Hannibal is pleasantly surprised that she comes to him willingly. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, like it just because he's constantly putting fucking shit in her arm. 
like all the way through. Is he is he through even to like the very end? Do you think like um, no, the the end the the, the flash forward? No, yeah. he said like the drugs right. lasted for a long That's, time and right. eventually they they stopped. Yeah. So like, but like all the way through like the dinner scene with right. like I kind of wanted her to be sober for Krenler. But she wasn't. Mm. She was high or whatever yeah. drug. Like he he gave her like literally two or three shots, leading up to the dinner. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm just like I would have much preferred that she had the agency to decide. I'm gonna fucking eat him. <laughs> you know, like I just wanted somebody to walk up to Hannibal Lecter, preferably Clear Starling, and say, "I've given it a lot of thought. There's this guy named Paul Krendler, and I would like to eat him." Uh, While he's, he's still living, yeah, like I would like to yeah. eat him uh, in front of him. He can have a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as a treat. I'd like, like as to have have a little have a, a, a little of brain as a treat. With a little bit of his <laughs> prefrontal cortex just, with some capers. Like I think it. I mean, I think that's what Hannibal was always looking for—somebody who understood him. Mm-hmm. And well, isn't that what we're all his, looking for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For somebody to meet you at your level and revel in your level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what he was looking for. And he doesn't get it because she's drugged and he hypnotized her. Yeah, I think. But he also wants to replace his sister, and that's another layer of ick to it. Um, right. But I think he he even comes to a sense of progress where a the drugs aren't needed anymore, right? And b Clarice is more interesting as Clarice, not as a brainwashed resurrection right. of his sister. Yeah, and also like I, this is the part where I was like, this gets really fuzzy for me writing wise because like before the end of Silence of the Lambs, I mean, was very strongly into the world is more interesting with you, Clarice, mm-hmm. Clarice as the sentient agency-filled decision-making person that she is isn't interesting in it. Not this brainwashed zombie, not Misha. Yeah. You know? So, like, why is he trying to turn her into Misha if Clarice Starling is more interesting? Let her be her. Yeah. But instead, he's like, I understand the need to... He gets there. He does get there. Yeah. But he gets there in the flash forward. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which I think is progress for a character like Lecter, that he eventually allows her to have her own sick, twisted level yeah. of agency. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, as far as the books are concerned. We get no sense of where the story goes from here. Where would the story go from here, do you right. think? Uh, it would just be them on the lamb. Or yeah. it would... F- or the, the camera would focus back on the FBI trying and, and failing to find them. He's so much older than her. Does he eventually die? And then she sort of yeah. just lives her own life outside I'm of that? Hannibal Clary Starling. Yeah. I'm saying she should pick up... The, Hannibal Lecter's a franchise. It's a mantle you take on. Right. She'll be the new Hannibal Lecter. And I think that's exactly what Harris never wanted. Like, right, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, get yeah, it. Like, I get oh, it. Oh, God, Harris. no, not a franchise. Yeah. Just cut me a check. Do whatever you want with yeah. them. Yeah. Because I think that's kind of where she was going, was that she was going to be... I mean, he taught her like a student. They had that whole thing with Dr. Dumbling. I know that's not his name. I just like it because Barney <laughs> said it. Uh, of of the whole, like, he's a vuncular, which is, you know, of, like, being an uncle. You know, so, like, there is... <laughs> I had to look that up. Because <laughs> I was like, the fuck is this? I've never heard this word. <laughs> um, but anyway. So, yeah, there is a little bit of, like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi to Luke Skywalker mm. thing happening. And I'm like, she's the new cannibal. She's the new monster. 
she's going to be El Monstro 2.0. <laughs> like it's going it's going to be Clarice. She's gonna eat people now. <laughs> I'd like to see that book. Well, we are running out of time. Yeah. And and uh, Barney's coming with the medication cart, <laughs> even though the hospital's been closed for a year. It's possible he's a figment of our imagination. Then what have I been eating? I've definitely been eating something. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or someone. Hey! <laughs> Next time, your friendables will uh, move on with the same story, uh, with the 2001 uh, adaptation of Hannibal, directed by Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. We will have some special guests uh, here with us. We might go be special guests. We might be out in the world. You might just see us out at the opera. Run the other out. way when you do. Get signed out and have a, like a little tea trip. Yep. And our hand carts and our street jackets. And our muzzles. And Never our forget muzzles. our muzzles. Yeah. I wonder if they'll let me paint flowers on mine now. Probably not. I know. Yeah. It would help identify which muzzles which, because I mean, COVID's a real thing. We probably shouldn't right. be sharing muzzles. Yeah, for sure. Also, like, I have like a weird shaped jaw. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I have extra padding in there because otherwise it actually doesn't fit right, and I can slip right out like a goose. <laughs> <laughs> like a goose. I think on that note, we'll end this episode. Bye. Bye.